Good evening and welcome to the Journey Church. It's my pleasure to be with you again as we continue our study in Galatians chapter 5. We're talking about the flesh and the spirit. And tonight we are doing the second of three parts on the infraction on the law of love. The infraction of the law of love. And if you'll join me in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. So that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we're talking about the flesh and the spirit. And as we continue discussing the works of the flesh, as found in verses 19 through 21, we are focusing on a large group of sins that can be categorized as infractions of the law of love. And there are specifically eight sins mentioned. They include hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresy, and envy. In our last study, we examined the first two. One was the word hatred, and we saw that the Greek word really helped us understand how this word is used and how we can really apply it in our, in our life. It is the word ekthra, E-C-H-T-H-R-A, ekthra. And I told you how important that is because it speaks to the hostility that one harbors in one's heart towards another. So this was an inward harboring. This ekthra was internal. And then we saw the word contentions. It talks about hatred and contentions. That Greek word there is eris, E-R-I-S. And this is strife or quarreling that results from the inward hostility. So it is an outward expression of the inward hostility, which is the word contentions. Well, in this lesson, we're going to study two more words. We're going to study the word jealousy and the word envy. In verse 19, he talks about jealousies, and then he talks in verse 21 about envy. So you'll notice they're not together, but they are, they are truly related, and we know this from the standpoint of what the Greek, they have the same nature as the other two words, hatred and contentions, and that one is much more potent than the other one. One begins small and leads to the other one. And so we're going to study jealousies, which is the Greek word zelos, Z-E-L-O-S, which will be very important, and envy, which is phonos, P-H-T-H-O-N-O-S, ph-th, phonos is how you say it. You kind of get tang-tungled when you do it, or tongue-tangled. And so... Though not together, as I just said in the same verse, they occur together in Scripture 
because they are related. There are cases where one has to be defined in contrast to the other, and as well, it helps to better understand them when we consider them together. So we just have two major points tonight dealing with the word hatred, with the word jealousy, and the word envy. And with that in mind, let's take a look at the first one, which is jealousies. Jealousies. Again, as I told you, it is the Greek word zealos. Zealos means jealousies or emulations. Emulations. The word can be used both in a good sense and a bad sense. Examples where it's used in a good sense, for example, it is used in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, that says, The zeal of the Lord will perform this. And that word zeal is the word that's being spoken of there for this word zealous. Of course, it's in the Hebrew in Isaiah and Romans 10 verses 1 through 2. It says, I have zeal for God. Okay, same word, zealous. You hear how it's used, zealous, zeal. See how the, how the Greek and the English are related. In fact, the Greek is the root of the English word. In 2 Corinthians 11, verses 2 through 3, it says, For I am jealous, I am zealous, zealous, I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. So in these, in these and many other such passages, it is used to describe excitement of mind. Now I want you to write that down. In a good sense, it is talking about excitement of the mind in a good sense. It is ardor, A-R-D-O-R, ardor or fervor of spirit, fervor of spirit for something that is good. Okay? So that's being zealous for something or, as it mentions here, uh, jealous for you with a godly jealousy. That's a good thing. So that's how it's used in the good sense. But in our passage to today, here in Galatians 5, it is anything but used in the good sense. It is, in fact, used in the bad sense. And let me give you some examples of how Scripture uses this word selos in a bad sense. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For where there are envy, this word envy, Envy. Let's let's just go and look at it because we find ourselves finding often uh, struggling with envy. Uh, many struggle with envy. Look what it says, and I, I actually will read this to you again. Um, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like mere men? That word envy is the word zealous, okay? Um, it would See, wouldn't it make a whole lot more sense as every time it appears in our English Bible, it would be like it appears in the Greek Bible. Just the word zealous, we would know. But so far we've had, we've had zeal, we've had jealousies, now we have envy, we have the word emulation. What does the word mean? That's why it is essential. It is essential when we study the Scripture when we have an eye for, for really 
drilling down to the understanding of Scripture and that Scripture means what it says and says what it means, the Greek is of a great help to us. And so he talks about it here, for where there are envy, strife, and division, are you still not carnal men? That's 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, he says, For I fear lest there be jealousies, lest there be jealousies. Again, he is speaking of it in a very bad sense, this idea of, of jealousies. And so in such a case, there is a fervor of spirit that is misdirected. It is uh, resulting in the form of envy or jealousy that is destructive of personal relationships. And that's exactly how this word is being used here. You see, when you think about Jesus Christ and what he has come to do on earth, he, he came to glorify his Father by reestablishing the ability for God's creation to have a relationship with God. And so jealousies used in, its, in the way that it's used here in Galatians 5 speaks of a destructive uh, uh, catalyst uh, for relationship. And, you know, there's no greater sign of, 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 a, of a difficulty uh, between people than a broken relationship, if, if you really boil it all down. And, um, and so here, it's exactly what it's speaking about. Let me give you the definition again in the bad sense. There is a fervor of spirit that is misdirected. It, it can be a fervor of spirit for believing a false teaching. It can be a fervent of spirit of, of following a false teacher. Uh, it can be a fervent of spirit of, of going into high-handed sin, doing that which one knows is wrong. It can be a fervent spirit of the sin of commission, intentionally doing wrong. And so it is a fervent of spirit that is misdirected, resort, resorting, resulting, excuse me, in a form of envy and jealousy that is destructive of personal relationships. So this word zealous is, is bad news. And it says this is an example of walking in the flesh, is having this, this jealousy that destroys relationships. Okay? So here, as I have just said over and over again, zealous is used in a bad sense. And when we find ourselves swelling up with zeal for something which is not good or right to desire, then this is exactly the word zealous. So let me say that again. When we find ourselves swelling up with a zeal for something which is not good or right, that which we desire that is not good or right, then this is the word zealous. Zeal that is misdirected. Listen, this is important. This is how you can know if your zeal is misdirected. Normally, zeal that is misdirected is mostly directed towards self. And so, in other words, you can look at it from the standpoint of this zealous, this zealous, this jealousy has to do ultimately with selfishness. When we're zealous for God, that's good. When we're zealous, when we're jealous in behalf of others' good welfare, 
that's good. But when we are jealous for selfish reasons, that is wrong. I, I think that we saw where such jealousy is a mark of the carnality in the Christians at Corinth. Again, at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's, let's go back. As I told you, we would read it again. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal people. Now, now why couldn't he speak to them as spiritual people? Because they weren't walking in the spirit. They were walking in the flesh. They can't discern the spiritual when they're walking in the flesh. And he describes it. He says, as to babes in Christ, I, I fed you with milk and, and not with solid food for now until you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. For In, in other words, he is saying in verse 2 of chapter 3, he says, you have failed to grow up. You have been nourished, but you won't grow up. You know, these are probably the people that say, I'm not being fed. Uh, that's a very immature statement. They're, they're not growing up if, if they still need to be fed. Uh, here in this text, he says that, that you are as carnal as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food until now you were not able to receive it. And now you still cannot receive it, not because you're not babes anymore, but because you're carnal, for you are still carnal. For that where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are, not, are you not carnal in behaving like mere men? So what were they doing in that church? They were fussing and fighting with each other. They didn't like the decision. They didn't like the direction. They, they were just miscreants that were miserable. Paul, I mean, my goodness, they're being taught by the greatest teacher ever, and, and he couldn't get through to them. Why? Because they were walking in the flesh. He says, I cannot talk to you as spiritual, but as carnal. Why? They were zealous. They were selfish. They were jealous of other people and they were mad about it. And so the idea is, in the view of co the coming of Christ, envy is one of the works of darkness that we need to cast off. Now that may need some explanation. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 13, and let me flesh this out for you a little bit. Romans chapter 13. In the 13th chapter of Romans, we want to begin in verse 11. And it says, and do this knowing that the time, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light, let us walk properly in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife or zealous or envy, jealousy, but put on the Lord Christ and make no provision in the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And so in view of the coming of Christ, envy is one of the works of darkness that's mentioned right here in this text. So to, to have this misdirected, uh, this, this misdirection of desire is a work of darkness. That's simply what the Bible says. Galatians says it's walking in the flesh. Uh, Romans says it's a work of darkness. Uh, 1 Corinthians says it is carnality. I mean, what more do we need? This word is a very, very important word. And it's one that we must avoid. It says, put on the Lord Christ and make no provision of the flesh and the fulfillment of lust. 
Well, one thing, you, to do that, you have to get rid of, and I have to get rid of envy, of jealousy, of, of emulations. We have to get rid of zealous. See, that's, that's why the, the Greek is so absolutely essential to our study. And then, indeed, remember that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We've already seen that the writer uses the word carnality for it. They're works of the darkness. And here it is misdirected zeal. And so the idea is, look at verse 21, Galatians chapter 5. Notice he says, he says these words very much with great, uh, with great uh, dedication. He says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, I have not just told you this once. I'm telling you this twice. So he, he double downs. He, he double downs on what he has to say. And so he talks about jealousies, zealous. Okay. Now we've been saying the word envy. Okay, now we want to get to that word because I want you to see that these words are used together. So we learn a little bit more about zealous when we compare it to phonos. Okay, that's the word envy properly. So the first word we learned was jealousies, the, the Greek word zealous. The second word we learn of is envy or envyings, which is Phonos, P-H-T-H-O-N-O-S. You can, you can practice that, preferably not in front of a mirror without some paper towel and Windex. So compared with Zelos, let me just give you a very simple uh, commentary uh, from a man that, that writes very simply. Zelos, Z-E-L-O-S, the Greek word Zelos is the envy which casts a grudging look. It casts a grudging look. Okay, you understand? Zelos, uh, zelos casts the grudging look. The word thanos is envy which has arrived at hostile deeds. So here's the idea. Jealousy, you, you just look with jealousy. With envy, you act on it. Just like we learned with Ekthra last week, hatred is the thought process. It's in the heart. Eris is the action, is acting upon it. It's outternal, external. So with, with zealous, with the word jealousies, I might be able to see it in the eyes of a person that they're jealous. Okay? They will see with their eyes that they are jealous. But to have envy means they now will act upon it. They will, it will be a deed of their hands, not just a look of their eyes. So we, we might also add this distinction, though, because there's more to it. Zealous is less serious. But I want you to know it's very serious because it says those who practice that will not inherit the kingdom of God. But it is less serious. It is less bitter. It is less malignant. It is less than Thanos, okay, or Thanos. It's less than that. It's less serious. It's less bitter. It's less malignant. But left unchecked, 
if you leave your zealos unchecked, you will move into thanos. You will move into action. If you leave your jealousy unchecked, you will move into envy. That's what the scripture is teaching us. That is the importance of the text before us. So whereas zealous has both a good and a bad sense, I want you to know this. Envy has no good sense. It's always used in the scripture negatively. Not once, twice, three times, ever. All the time, thanos is used negatively in the scripture, this word envy. So this envy, this word envy, envyings is bad to the bone. And it's bad to the Bible. Okay? So let's use, let's, as we did before, let's look at some examples of how this word is used in the New Testament. Um, I want to first of all go over to Mark, the Gospel of Mark. In Mark chapter 27, we're actually going to look at the end of Mark and then go to the middle of it. I'm sorry, I said Mark 27, Matthew 27. If you do have a Mark 27, would you please call me at the church? I'd like to see your Bible. You have a collector's edition if you have a Mark 27. But if you'll turn to Matthew 27, look at verse 18. Verse 18. For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. Now what is happening? Jesus has been handed over to Pontius Pilate. And so it says, for he knew they had handed him over because of envy. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I'm just doing something here. Just for fun, go over to Matthew 21, 38. Let's just see something. This, this may not be very wise to do this on television, but I've got an idea. Matthew 21, verse 38. Let's see what that says. But then the vine dresser saw the sons, and they said among themselves, This is the heir, come let us kill him, and they seized his inheritance. It's talking about the vine the wick the vine dresser and the the wicked men that came to uh, kill the heir. And so the heir H E I R um the uh, uh the story that Jesus tells in the parable, uh, and it's a foreshadowing of what would happen to him as the heir. Why did they do it? Because they were envious. They wanted the vineyard. Here, Jesus uses the same word. He said it, it says they have betrayed him because of envy. They turned him over to Pontius Pilate because of envy. Go over to Matthew or Mark chapter fifteen. Mark chapter fifteen. I hope you're doing okay. Mark chapter 15, verse 10. It says right here, For he knew that the chief priest had handed him over because of envy. There it is again. Same thing. Now you have the religious folk handing him over because of envy. Kind of like in the other one. Um, Go over to Romans chapter 1, the great uh, giving over passage. Well, not really great. It's an actually horrible passage. Uh, Romans chapter 1, 
And we want to look at verses 28 and 29. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God give them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, etc., etc., etc. You see, this word envy, wow. I would not be envious of a person who practices envy. I can assure you of that. Um, It is indicative of the reprobate mind. You can write that down. It is indicative of the reprobate mind. So you have carnality, you have uh, walking in the flesh, you have uh, you have this whole idea of a reprobate mind comes with envy. It's a symptom. If you went to the doctor and he had to diagnose you with a problem and you told him that you're full of uh, carnality and and uh, you're walking in the flesh, your mind is reprobate. He would say to you, and I guess it would be a spiritual doctor. He would say to you, "Why well, you must be full of envy," because those are all symptoms of the source of envy. It is often the result of striving with the world. I'm sorry, striving over the over words. I'm sorry. It is often the result of striving over words. First uh, Timothy chapter six. Let's look at that. First Timothy chapter six. Have you ever been with somebody and you're striving over much words? Let me give you um, two pieces of advice. One, you cannot misquote silence. Uh, let people talk all they want, and don't respond. You cannot misquote silence. And number two, remember the Bible says, where there are many words, sin is always present. And so don't, don't, don't do this. But in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3-4, through 4, it says, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, revilings, evil suspicions, useless wrangling of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourselves. Do you know who he's telling that to, by the way? He's telling that to a young pastor, about 40 years old, Timothy. And so, you know, striving over much words is usually a cause for envy. It is typical of our lives prior to salvation, as it says in Titus 3, verse 3. If you just go over to the right a couple of pages, you'll land right there at Titus. Look what, look what it says. Titus 3, verse 3. It says this, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. This is just this is not just a sign of walking in the flesh and carnality and a reprobate mind. It's it's definitely a sign of lostness. 
if one continues to walk in it. I mean, it's just bad. I think we're, we're getting the point, but we're not done yet. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, you can just mark it down. Peter says to lay it aside. 1 Peter 2, verse 1. It is the part of that which we are to lay aside. Envy, to lay it aside. So here are some examples to help us better understand this idea of thonos, of envy. Some were preaching Christ from envy, it says in Philippians 1.15. Their motive was to cause Paul harm in Philippians 1.16. Thus, thonos, thonos is more than a desire to have something which someone else has. That would be zealous. Uh, it is the desire to have it at the detriment or the loss of the other person. Thus, uh, Thonos describes the song desire, the strong desire to get something, not because someone else has it, as that again would be zealous, but because we don't want that person to have it. That's Thonos. Okay, so here's an example I've used before. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege to go into uh, a million-dollar home or a two- or three-million-dollar home. Imagine it's a... Just just think of the nicest neighborhood in Dallas or Fort Worth. Let's let's take Dallas and Highland Park, or you can take South Lake, uh, North South Lake on 114, or you you name the place. Two people go into a home. Let's say it's a tour of homes. And one person goes in here and says, you know, I'll give you an example. Years ago, I went into the home of the chief executive officer of Texas Electric Utilities. Lives by DFW Airport. Uh, Some mutual friends uh, took me there. I've never been in a home like that. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was the most amazing house I've ever been in my life. Uh, outside of the Biltmore Mansion, and uh, uh, but if if you take somebody in there that's given to jealousy, they'll go in there and say, you know, I want to, you know, I pay my electric bill to Texas Electric, and I can't believe, it. you know, I paid I paid for this house, I own this, I this guy owes this house to me because I, you know, I, my utility bill runs so high, and he's living high on the hog like this, and you know, I think, I think I'm going to tell him this house belongs to me, doesn't belong to him, and so forth and so on, goes on, has this rotten attitude, and, and does not take into account the years that the man's worked. Maybe he was a lineman when he started. He was the guy out there in the middle of the night making sure your power was back on after a storm or so forth or so on. But that's, that's not taken into consideration. So all this guy wants is, is it taken away, and so he strives over it. He goes up and tells him, you know, you don't deserve this. I'm the one that pays your electric bill. I don't live in a house like this, so forth and so on. That would be a picture of, of Zelos acting out with uh, Thonos um, and envy. When I went to the house, I was young. I was like 21, 22, and I didn't pay an electric bill. I was still in college. I remember going in that house going, this is the most amazing place. And I thought, I wonder what that guy had to do to work hard because obviously he worked hard. And you know, if he worked hard, he deserves every bit of this that he's got. And and it was just the most amazing pool, the most amazing wood floors. I mean, I've seen wood floors, but I mean, these were, I've never seen anything like this. Marble countertops. This this was before all that stuff was really in style. Columns, uh, marble, all kinds of things and uh, triple crown molding. 
I thought, wow, what an amazing place. Uh, he had a library of books that I remember that, that I have in my mind. I would love to have a library that looked like his library. All I could think of was how wonderful it was as an impressionable young 20-year-old that this man had, had done so well to arrive at such a great place. And it, and it never occurred to me that it was done, that, that he should lose it. Well, that's the difference. And see, today in our culture, even in, right here in 2020, we're seeing envy and jealousy running amok with, with terms like privilege and, and things like that where people don't deserve what they have or people claiming to say, I built that or you didn't build that when neither is true. This word is very applicable to who we are today. It really is the truth. And so um, if, if, you, if, if you envy something, it's never good. It's bad. That's what I want you to understand. And it is, it is when you desire what someone has so that they lose it, so that they no longer have it. It is therefore a sin which generates a harmful act towards others. I want you to write that down. Envy is a sin that generates a harmful act towards others. Now, I know you don't want to hurt anybody, and I don't want to either. So put envying away. It is walking in the flesh, and you say, well, how can I put it away? Quit having jealousy. Get rid of zealous. Be jealous for the Lord. Be zealous for God. Be zealous for His Word. Be zealous for the truth. And anything that is not of God, of His Word, and of His truth, don't be zealous of it. And therefore, you won't ever have to worry about envy because it cannot take root. All right? And so I hope we have impressed with a high standard of conduct which the Christian has been called. We're to put away hatred and dissensions, um, envy, jealousies and envy which Paul says here not once but twice, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, the world thinks very lightly of these things. They think very lightly. The world thinks very lightly of jealousy and envy, often considering it to be normal behavior. And while it may be normal behavior, behavior for the unregenerate, such sins have no place in the hearts of the, in the lives of the born again. Just as we read, and my Bible is still turned to it, in Titus 3, verse 3, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But, which, but when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man, appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. What a great testimony. We've been delivered from this, so envy and jealousy and hatred and dissensions have no place in the life of the redeemed, of those who have been regenerated. And as we realize this high standard of godly living expected in Christians, I hope we will not be discouraged, even though... It is a fact we fall short, but rather we will accept the challenge that's placed before us. If you struggle with jealousy and envy, with hatred and, and division, it's a challenge. 
Well, you just keep fighting that challenge. And remember, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He who began a good work is able to complete it. And he will complete what he has started. And you let him. Don't put it off and say, okay, well, whenever he's ready to take envying and wrath away from me and dissensions and hatred, I'm ready to give up with it. Friends, I'm going to tell you something. When, he, when you got saved, he took that away. The, the residual effect of it is, is your choice to walk in it. And so you've got to make the choice. I'm giving it up. I'm renouncing it. I'm walking away from it. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with God. This is what he says, and, and this is what he says. Those who practice this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you, first of all, to renounce it, you have to agree that that's what the text says. And you have to agree with it in your heart that you agree with the text. You don't just agree that the text says it. You agree in your heart that the text is right. And then you repent. You turn from it, and you go another direction. So you renounce it, and you repent from it. And we, re- we need to remember that we are to walk in the Spirit. And if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And that's verse 16 of chapter 5 of Galatians, where this whole study began. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Let us therefore encourage one another to put away jealousies and envies, and instead, as it says in Romans thirteen fourteen. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the lusts of the flesh. Amen. Well, Father, we ask you to bless this teaching tonight. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts its truth. Father, that you would let it go deep down inside of us, that we may learn from it and that we may be encouraged by it. And Father, that we may overcome it. By the power of the testimony of God, we may overcome by the word and the very presence of the spirit living within us. We love you and we thank you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.